Hello, everyone, and welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name is Jeannie Rodriguez, and I want to thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time, I want to invite you to pause the broadcast and fill out a connection card at cfmemory.org connect. This will help us connect with you and know how we can best serve you during this season. And now, we'll listen to a special message by Pastor Carlos Cardenas. Trust in the Lord with all your... What's that next word? Heart. Say it loud and clear. Heart. Hearts. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, not some of your ways, not a few of your ways, but all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. Amen. Amen. Well, you can have a seat. Yeah, give it up for the Lord once again. And I want to set up our teaching by sharing a story with you today. Because if you know me, you know one of the things that I really enjoy is laughing. And sometimes I could be a little bit of a jokester. And I enjoy watching movies, especially comedy. And growing up as a teenage boy, I was a fan of Jim Carrey. Don't judge me now. Don't, don't judge me. But I was a fan of Jim Carrey. He was a big deal growing up. And I watched many of his movies. And in 2003, Jim Carrey stars in this movie really well known called Bruce Almighty, right? Bruce Almighty. In fact, how many of you have watched that movie? You've seen that movie? Heard of that movie? Yeah. In case you haven't, let me give you a quick synopsis on the movie Bruce Almighty. Because Jim Carrey stars as this man called Bruce Nolan, who is a new station fields reporter. However, his greatest goal in life, his greatest dream and ambition in life was to become the anchor man of that news station. But folks, as you begin to watch this movie, you quickly realize that he is plagued with a plethora of misfortunes in life because he has like bad luck after bad luck. And so not only does he not get the promotion that he greatly desired, but he loses the promotion to his rival co-worker. And he begins to criticize the news station to the point that they fire him from his job. So not only does he not get the promotion, but now he no longer has that job. And to make matters worse, one night he sees a group of guys coming his way and he thought that it was, they were going to help him. And folks, those guys were street thugs and they vandalized his car and they beat him up. And at this moment in his life, he has hit rock bottom. This is the rock bottom of his world. And he's trying to figure out what is his next step in life. In fact, he reaches out, he cries out to God, God, what is your will for my life? And if you've watched that movie, you remember that scene. In fact, take a moment right now and look at this video clip. You know, that's a funny and incorrect view of searching and seeking for the will of God. But folks, make no mistake, that is an image of how some of us feel in this world. We are at a crossroads in our life, and we have no idea what is God's will. We've been working at this job for such a long time. God, is it your will? 
for me to find another job or to continue to work in this job. Or we've been dating someone for a while, that guy or that girl. God, what is your will for my life? Been living in Miami for such a long time and you feel maybe it is time for me to move. But I wonder, is it God's will for me to move? I wonder if it's God's will for me to have, for us to have children and how many children should we have? And folks, oftentimes it feels like God's will is this mystery that we cannot solve. It almost feels like God is in his celestial throne locking, putting away his, his will for our lives, keeping it from us. But make no mistake, further, God desires for you to know his will. And that is the good news for us today. In fact, that's our proposition, our big idea for us today is that God wants you to know his will. But you may be thinking, Pastor Carlos, I've been searching for the will of God. I've been trying to discover what is it that God wants me to do with my life. How do I find out the will of God for my life? Well, we're going to find out today as we navigate through this passage in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. So if you have your listening guide, if you can just take them out right now, we love to take notes. Just wave them at me at all of our campuses. We love to take notes. And here's the first point that I want you to write down today. God's will for your life begins by trusting God. God's will for your life begins by trusting God. In other words, the first step in walking in the will of God is trusting God. In fact, here's what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, and this is Solomon writing about the will of God. And what's that first word that he writes? Trust. Say it loud and clear. Trust. Trust in the Lord with all your hearts and lean not on your own understanding. Now, if you're taking notes, I want you to circle or underline that word trust. Because in Hebrew, the word trust is the word patak. We've told you many times that the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and then translated into other languages. And the New Testament was written in Greek and translated into other languages. And that word has such a profound meaning. Because that word means the following. It means to be confident, to be secure, and to feel safe. In other words... When Solomon, inspired by God, begins to write about what is God's will for our lives, he begins by saying, be confident in God. Be secure in God. Feel safe that God has a plan for your life. In fact, the Bible speaks a lot about trusting in God. Over 51 verses that speak about trusting in the Lord. Jeremiah 17 Verse 7 says, blessed is the one who what? Say it loud and clear. Who what? Trust in the Lord whose confidence is in him. Hebrews 11.6 says, and without faith, it is impossible. Cannot please God without faith. That word faith means to trust in. And Proverbs 3 verse 5, it says, trust in the Lord 
with all your hearts. That's some of your hearts. That's some of your life. You know, oftentimes we can trust God when things are going well. When we receive the report that we were wanting to receive, the news that we were wanting to get and the promotion that we've been wanting. But do we trust God in the difficult moments of our life? When adversities and the storms of life hit us, do we trust God? Earlier this year in the summer, my family and I, we went to North Carolina and we went on vacation. And one of the days that we were there, we went camping. And as we were camping, we went to Jordan Lake, which is outside of Raleigh, this, this huge lake. And we went on, his, on my friend's boat. And it was my wife, my friend, myself, and my five-year-old Noah. And so we stopped in the middle of this beautiful lake and we started enjoying the scenic view and the weather. And I decided to jump into the water and just swim for a moment. And I asked my five-year-old who had his life jacket, and I said, Noah, jump into the water. And without any hesitation, he jumps into that water. In fact, there's a picture of my five-year-old right there with his little Mickey swim trunks. And he jumps in without any hesitation. He has no idea if the water is cold or if it's hot, how deep that water is, what it's inside that water. But he knows that daddy is in that water. And because he trusts daddy... Because he is confident, because he's secure, because he's safe, without any hesitation, he jumps in that water. So walking in the will of God begins by trusting God. Do you trust him? Do you trust God? In fact, here's the next point that I want you to write down today. Trust God's sovereign will. Trust God's sovereign will. Here's what verse 5 says. Lean not on your own understanding. Some things that we will not comprehend, we cannot figure out. We don't have the answers for it. For it. That is God's sovereign will. In fact, when we talk about the will of God, there are two types of the will of God. There is God's sovereign will, which we're going to learn about right now. And God's sovereign will is that God is in control of everything that takes place in this world. He either ordains for it to take place or he allows for it to take place. For example, in Genesis, in the first book of the Bible, God's sovereign plan was for him to create the heavens and the earth. That was part of his sovereign plan. In Exodus chapter 3, God's sovereign plan was to choose Moses to deliver his people. His people were slaves in Egypt for over 400 years, and God said, Moses, I choose you, and that is part of my sovereign plan. Moses did not want to fulfill that task. In fact, he started making excuses. God, I'm not good enough. I'm not qualified enough. I'm not a good leader. I can't communicate well. But it was God's sovereign will to choose Moses. And one of the greatest examples of God's sovereign will is found in Matthew chapter 26 when Jesus 
is in the Garden of Gethsemane, moments before he's about to be crucified on the cross. Here's what Jesus says. He's crying out to God, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. If it is possible, is there another method, another form that you can use to forgive the sins of mankind? Yet not as I will, but as you, what's that next word? Will. It was God's sovereign plan, God's sovereignty, that Jesus would be crucified on that cross. Trust God's sovereign will. The other type of the will of God is God's revealed will. In fact, say with me, revealed will. Say it like you mean it at all of our campuses. Revealed will. We trust God's sovereign will and we follow God's revealed will. We trust God's sovereign will and we follow, it's your next, next point, God's revealed will. Point A, we follow his revealed will by submitting to his word. Look at what Proverbs 3 verse 6 says. In all your ways, what's that next word? Submit, submit to him. In all your ways, submit to God. God's revealed will is the ways of God. The commands that he gives us in his word. God clearly defines for us his revealed will. It is clearly defined, however, it's not always easy to follow God's revealed will. For example, the Bible says in Matthew 22, love the Lord God with all your hearts, with all your soul, with all your strength, love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's not always easy to love your neighbor. It's not always easy to love that coworker. It's not always easy to love that person that you go to school with, but that is God's revealed will, clearly defined for us. Forgive those who sin against us. It's not always easy to forgive someone, but it's part of God's revealed will. Ephesians 6, he tells children, children, obey and honor your parents. It's not always easy to obey and honor your parents, but it is part of God's revealed will. And why is it so important to walk in God's revealed will? Here's why. Because God's revealed will sanctifies you through his word. Write that down as your next point. God's revealed will sanctifies you through his word. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. Here's what the Bible says. The apostle Paul is writing this inspired by God. And he says, it is God's will that you should be what? That you should be sanctified. If you're taking notes, I want you to circle or underline that word sanctified. It is so imperative as believers that we really understand this theological term called sanctification. In fact, say it with me, sanctification. sanctification. Say it once again, sanctification. sanctification. When we say that word, it feels like we're referring to someone who is perfect and doesn't watch things they shouldn't watch, doesn't say things they shouldn't say. But that word sanctification means the process of becoming more like Jesus. The process of becoming 
more like Christ. You see, the moment that you give your life to Jesus, whether it was two months ago or 20 years ago, at that moment, God begins the sanctification process that ends when you die. You're becoming more like Christ. And even though you may have some setbacks, you're becoming more like Jesus. Because sanctification is not about perfection, but rather about direction. Sanctification is not about perfection, but rather about direction. That you are walking in the things of God and you are growing in His way. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul says, It is God's will that you should be sanctified. If that's God's will, then are you becoming more like Christ? Are you growing in the things of God? Are you growing in God's word? Is your passion for Jesus and others, is it growing? And if the answer is yes, then you're walking in the will of God. And if the answer is no, then I challenge you to walk in God's revealed will. But I know what some of us are thinking. Pastor Carlos, I get all that. I know that I should be sanctified. I know that I should be growing in the things of God, that I need to read God's word. But I'm trying to get married. Who's that person that God has for me? Should I start a business or should I not start a business? And if I start a business, should I start it? Is it God's will for me to start it at West Kendall or downtown or Homestead, Core Gables? Should we have children or should we not have children? Should I go to school or should I start my career already? What is God's will for my life? We've all asked those questions, right? You see, when we talk about the will of God, Oftentimes what we are implying is that we want some guidance, some personal guidance to some of these questions that we don't have the answer for. We want someone to steer us into the right direction. And there are so many options to choose from. And we are afraid that if we choose the wrong option, we are outside of the will of God. Because we have so many options to choose from. You know, I love uh, fast food. Don't judge me. And I, I like Burger King. How many of you like Burger King? Come on, let's be honest here, church. We got to be honest. I like the Whopper with cheese, especially with bacon on it. So amazing. Ordering a drink before, getting a cup of soda was so easy years ago. They would give you a cup, and all you had to choose from was Coke, Sprite, water, Maybe Dr. Pepper. But now they have these fancy soda machines. How many of you have seen these soda machines? Because here, here's how that works. You go up to the machine and you touch the screen. And now you have all these options. Do you want Coke? Sprite? Zero Sprite? Sprite Zero? Fanta? Minimade? With light lemonade, Dasani water, high C, ginger ale, Powerade, Gatorade, Haterade, Medicaid, all these different things. 
And then you choose the Coke and you have all these options. Do you want Coke with cherry? With orange, raspberry, lime, lemon, vanilla, cherry vanilla, Coke Zero, Coke One, Coke with sugar, Coke with artificial sugar, Coke with no sugar. I just want a cup of Coke. I kid you not, I see a huge line of people and waiting, which one should we pick? Little Johnny, do you want cherry on it or do you want vanilla on it? What do you want, Maria? And we're trying to decide. I just want some ice and Coke. You want crushed ice? Cubed ice. Ice with flavor? Ice with sugar. Ice with no sugar. A little bit of melted ice. I just want a cup of Coke. That's it. But life can feel that way. What school should I go to? Should I go to the University of Miami? Should I go to FIU? Should I go out of town? Should I go to UCF, UF, FSU? Who should I marry? Should I marry that guy or that guy or that girl or that girl? What business should I start? Should we buy a home? Which home should we buy? Where should I buy the home? Should I have four rooms? God, what is your, what is your will? Should I have four bedrooms or five or three bedrooms? What is your will, God? And we think that if we choose and make the wrong decision, that we are outside of the will of God. And here's why. Because we think of God's will almost like throwing darts and trying to nail the bullseye. Oh, that guy is cute. I hope he's my soulmate. Hopefully, let me try Oh, should I, should I become a lawyer or, God, what's your will? Should I become a banker, a nurse, a doctor, a mechanic? What's your will? And we're just throwing all these darts and hoping that we nail the bullseye. And we live with so much anxiety and frustration because we're uncertain if we're in the center of God's will. But what about if God's will was more like being in someone's house. If you go to my house, the moment that you open that door, you come across our living room. And then there's the dining room, the kitchen. If you go towards the walkway to the very end is my room, Shawnee and I's room. If you open that door, you're still in my house. If you go to Noah and Nathan's room, and you open that door, you're still in my house. If you go to the living room, you are still in my house. Whichever room you go to, as long as you are in my house, you're in my house. When Jesus is at the center of your life, when you are following his revealed will, when you are obeying his commands, there is freedom to choose because he is at the center of your life. In fact, write this down as your next point for today. When you follow his ways, he will lead you to his will. When you follow his ways, he will lead you 
to his will. Here's what Proverbs 3 verse 6 says. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths. What's that next word? At all of our campuses, what's that next word? Straight. In other words, when you are following God's revealed will, when you are allowing the word of God to sanctify you, when you are being obedient with what he's already revealed to us, when you are following his ways, he will lead you to his will. So should I marry that godly guy or should I marry that godly guy? Should I marry that godly girl? Should I marry that godly girl? If you are following his revealed will, the answer is yes. Because if you're following his ways, you will choose someone who is right for you. Should I go to that school or should I go to that school? Should I go to that school or should I go to that school? The answer is yes. Because God is more interested in what, not what school you go to, but rather when you go to school, that you're following his ways, that you're being a light in the darkness, and you're being an example in that school you go to. So the answer is yes. Should I serve in student ministry? Is it God's will for me to serve in the kids' ministry? Is it God's will for me to serve in guest services? Is it God's will for me to serve in the parking ministry? The answer is yes. When you follow God's ways, he will lead you to his will. Why? Because God's will is not so much about where you're going but rather who you are becoming. Let me say that again. God's will is not so much about where you're going, but rather whom you are becoming. Wherever you go, you glorify God. Whichever school you choose, whatever career path you choose. You know, oftentimes we are so consumed with the un revealed things of God and we neglect the revealed things of God. Oftentimes we are so consumed with the unrevealed things of God and we neglect the revealed things of God. I've met with so many young guys and some of them will tell me we'll have coffee together or lunch or dinner and they'll tell me, Pastor, I feel it is God's will for me to be a pastor. And when I hear that, I get so excited and we need more men to step up in leadership so we can develop and raise new leaders. And whenever someone tells me that, I always tell them, I always ask them a question. Well, are you serving in a ministry now? Are you in a small group? Are you tithing? Are you giving? Are you coming to church? Because God's will might be, his sovereign will could be that you will one day be a pastor. I'm not sure. Could be. But clearly God's revealed will is clear to us. He's called us to serve. He's called us to give. He's called us to be in biblical community, to be a part of the local church. So why don't you begin by doing the revealed will of God, and God will take care of the rest. In fact, God's will is more about the present than the future. 
That's our last point for today. God's will is more about the present than the future. What are you doing now with what God has given you? How are you being faithful? How are you stewarding well what is in front of you? You know, oftentimes people will tell me, please pray for a new job. I want a new position. I want a new role. I want to work for a different company. I want to move up in leadership so I can influence others in the organization, in the company. And all those requests are really valid and good requests. We should pray for things like that. But how about we also pray, God, there where you have me, in this present moment, help me to be the best employee that I can be. Help me to be the most hardworking, most dedicated, most committed, over-the-top employee that's always going to go the extra mile there where you have me. And maybe if we do that, God will bless us with that promotion that we desire. Because we focus so much on the future things and we neglect the present things in our lives. God's will is more about the present than the future. You know, I love hymns. And there's this one hymn that is dear to my heart, special to me, and it's called Trust and Obey. In fact, how many of you have heard that song, Trust and Obey? It was composed in 1886 by this man called John Samus. And many of us may know the lyrics to that song. However, few of us may know the story behind this hymn called Trust and Obey. Because the idea came out of this man who had just given his life to Christ in one of D.L. Moody's revival services. This man had given his life to Christ and he was now in a church gathering, in a meeting. And there were many church members there and many church leaders were in this room. And someone in that room asked this man a theological question, a question about the word of God. This man had just given his life to Christ not too long ago. The man had no idea how to answer that question. But in front of that group of people, he would stand up and say, I don't know the answer to that, but I'm going to trust and obey. But I'm going to trust and obey. At that moment, that worship leader, John Samus, heard those words and he began to write these verses that I think fit well with the sermon for today. When we walk with the Lord in the lights of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, while we do his revealed will, he abides with us still with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Oh, trust and obey, for there's no other way 
but to trust and obey. Oh, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Amen. How many of you believe that, church? How many of you are going to trust and obey God at all of our church? God, I'm going to trust your sovereign will. I don't know my future. It may be uncertain, but your word says that you always keep your promises. Your word says in Deuteronomy 31 that you are with me and you go wherever I go. Your word says in Hebrews 13, 5 that you will never leave me nor forsake me. Your word says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 that you are the God of all comfort who comforts me in all trouble. So I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust your sovereign will. It's in your hands. And I will obey your revealed will because when I walk in your ways, Say with me, walk in his ways. At all of our campuses, walk in his ways. Come on, say it once again, walk in his way. He will lead me to his will. How many of you believe that today, church? Come on and give Jesus a shout of praise. I will trust and obey you, Lord. If you want to take your next step as a believer, we want to hear about it. Stop by cfmiami.org connect to fill out a connection card. We want to thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.